welcome to episode 60 of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Today, we are recording on December 5th, 2017. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor at GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me, as always, is Corey Motley, staff writer at Game Critics. How's it going, Corey? Uh, you know, whenever you just read the date, it reminded me that my brother's birthday is in, like, a week. And, I mean, I don't ever, like, you know, like, do anything big. And, like, now that I live really far away from him, obviously I can't do anything big. But just the thought that his birthday is in, like, a week and that I haven't thought about it yet... Um, Makes me, uh, like, stressed out a little bit, maybe. Are you guys not that close, or are you that close? Uh, I mean, we get along, but we're not, like, close. And I think that makes my mom sad, because she would want us to be, like, the kind of siblings that are, like, really good friends. And my brother and I don't not get along, but we just, like... I mean, I guess at this point, this sounds really sad, but I guess at this point, the only time we really talk is, like, during the holidays when I come home and stuff. But, I mean, like, I don't I don't dislike my brother at all, and I don't think he dislikes me, um, but we just don't really talk very much, and that's just kind of how it is. Well, we should talk about that at some point uh, on the show, uh, not during the game section, of course, but I've got lots of brother <laughs> stuff to talk about. Sounds like you got some brother stuff to talk about. Let's table that, because that sounds like there are some juicy discussion topics there. But we don't talk about that stuff in this section. No, no, no. This is the game section. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up for you folks today. Uh, first, uh, just a little bit of disclaimer. You may notice that we are going to be going pretty rapid fire through our topics tonight. Um, there is some reasoning for that. I actually just got back from a four-day quote-unquote vacation. Not going to talk about that now. If you want to hear the details, listen to the banter at the end of the show after the closing credits. Um, and we're kind of like, uh, we weren't planning to record tonight, but this was the time that we had, so we're kind of making it work. So we're going to do the best we can with the time we have, and please bear with us. I think next week will probably be more of our traditional episode. Um, so in case it goes too quick for your liking... Please don't feel shortchanged uh, because even though we've both have had a pretty busy week and we've got a lot of stuff going on, I'm proud to say that neither Corey nor I, for even a moment, thought about skipping an episode. We would never let you down, dear listeners. Isn't that right, Corey? Speak for yourself, Brad. Oh, you bastard. You let me hang. <laughs> you let me hang. Oh, tell the truth. We were not going to disappoint the listeners now, were we? Uh, of course not. Although I was slightly alarmed earlier. So to give a slight bit of backstory, I was out at the gym working and Brad DMs me and he's like, hey, I only have like tomorrow to record or like the next two days to record because I'm busy. What time do you have? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going out of town on Friday morning. So basically like Thursday is pretty much the only day I have to record. And, uh, and so there was like a few moments of sheer panic before we decided <laughs> that we would, we would try to record tonight. And I think, um, cause we just recorded banter and I feel like our banter was really good. And I'm really like oddly very jazzed about recording tonight. So I think we're in a good space. Yeah, I think so too. I think it all, it all kind of came together. The stars were in alignment. It wasn't planned, but we're doing the best we can. <laughs> And I am very thrilled that we will not disappoint our listeners. I don't think we've ever missed a week, have we? Uh, 
You know, I don't think so. I know maybe like once or twice we've done just like a strictly banter show where maybe I think it was like last year on Thanksgiving, like we came back and just like shot the shit about maybe like what we did and then didn't talk about games and that was it or something. But I don't think we've missed any shows. Yeah, we may have been delayed by a couple of days or like you said, I think we've done one or two just pure banter shows because we were so busy, but we've never... I don't, as far as my memory serves me, I don't think we've ever skipped a week because that is the dedication we bring to you, dear listeners. That's the kind of guys that we are. So we are here for you. Um, Like I said, there's a ton of banter at the uh, end of the show after the credits. Please feel free to listen to that. That'll talk about my vacation and Corey's uh, hijinks at the gym and a couple (laughs) other things. Um, So listen to that if you like. If you don't, no worries. We're not going to talk about that now. We are going to get right into games. Um, and let's just just not mess around. Let's get to it. Corey, I'm going to uh, let you go first. I want to hear about you. You've been playing uh, Metroid colon the new the new Metroid thing. <laughs> that <laughs> That's the official title, isn't it? Metroid, the new one. The new one. What's it, what's it called? <laughs> Metroid Samus Returns. That's what it is. Yes. On uh, 3DS. Is that right? 3DS? Yes. That is correct. I wish they would have just called it Metroid the new one, though. That would that would have just made so much more sense. All right, dude, lay it on us. What is up with Metroid the new one? Okay, so I I actually really don't have a lot to say about this game because like it's it's basically just Metroid. Like I I do not have a deep Metroid background. I played the oh my god the only metroid game i've played all the way through is metroid prime one and that just happened like six months ago so i am like not well versed in metroid like i obviously know what the deal is with metroid you play as a galactic space bounty hunter samus Aran, and she has her cool like orange and red armor with her green visor and she's kind of like Mega Man because she like shoots beams out of her beam hand And traditionally, Metroid started as a 2D side-scroller on the NES with the first Metroid game. And Super Metroid on the Super NES is one of those, like, like people swear by it, like, the greatest of all time. Like, it's it's one of the greatest games ever. And I've played a tiny bit of the first Metroid. I've played a tiny bit of Super Metroid. Played all of Metroid Prime, and here I am playing Metroid Samus Returns, which I believe... I don't know what the game is a remake of, but I believe it's a very modern remake of one of the old Metroids. I don't know if it's Super Metroid or not, but... No, I, no, no. Uh, it is a remake. Not... I know exactly what this is a remake of. It is a remake of the, the actual second game, which is the one that came after the original NES game, but it was only on Game Boy, the original Game Boy. So it was like black and white, and it was like super low low resolution. But yeah, it was only on original Game Boy, which is why most Metroid fans or at least most newer Metroid fans have never played it. This was the one that was stuck on the Game Boy. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that you could play it not on the Game Boy, and it's, it's it's you know, they fixed it up and stuff, right? So, I mean, I assume it looks great, right? Oh, yeah, it looks great. So, um, so basically, it's just, like, 2D side-scrolling Metroid. Like, you have... I mean, Metroid uh, is you know, one half of what people call Metroidvania, the other half being Castlevania. And the strange thing for me is I, I mean, if you, if you put the genres in front of me, I will always go for the sci-fi genre. I will always take Mass Effect and Fallout over Oblivion and Elder, or Oblivion and, um, what's the other, Dragon, Dragon Age. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I will always lean sci-fi. I will always lean futuristic, um, 
But for some strange reason, I got really into Castlevania whenever I was younger, and I never got into Metroid. And I don't know if it was, like, the game systems that I had available or something, but uh, Castlevania is, like, my exception to that rule. Like, I love Castlevania games. Um, I Symphony of the Night, uh, the Game Boy Advance games, love them. I think Castlevania is lovely. It's great. Um, I side with that one. So here I am with Metroid, and it's basically just... The, the same kind of setup, if you've played any Metroid game or basically any 2D Castlevania game, you know what it is. It's 2D, it's side-scrolling, it's a sprawling map, there's um, save rooms, there's uh, like warp stations where you can uh, warp to a different place on the map, uh, there are areas that are cut off until you get certain upgrades, and then you can go back and explore those areas with the new upgrades that you have. Like in Castlevania, it's always like the double jump is the first thing you get that lets you jump higher to get to those ledges you can't reach. And then in Metroid, it's like the morph ball where you can morph into the ball and go through like the smaller, uh, like little like fissures and stuff in the area. And um, I mean, it, it's like fine so far. The kind of, the, I guess the one like maybe like hook, quote unquote, that this game kind of brings in is that it has a like a melee move, there's like a thing where most enemies in the game, whenever they notice you, if you're close to them, they kind of like, their body kind of like blinks or like sparks. And then they do this like rushing mood to or move to attack Samus. And whenever they rush in for that attack, you can press, um, I don't know what it is on the 3DS. It's the equivalent of triangle on the PlayStation controller. And you press that button and Samus like, does a melee move where she's she kind of like uppercuts her little barrel gun hand and if you time it right it stuns the enemy and then it auto locks onto where the enemy is so you can shoot uh like her her arm beam things uh right at them and usually it's like they, they're stunned and it only takes like one or two shots to kill them um so it's kind of cool because it like keeps you on your toes and you have to like be thoughtful about you know, moving too quickly or, you know, really using that, that, uh, that counter move effectively. And I think it's a really neat thing. The only drawback is that, um, as you might expect, given that it's a Metroid game, you fight, uh, Metroid monsters in it. And a Metroid kind of looks like a flying head crab, kinda, um, if you've played Half-Life. And I think the Metroid's whole deal is that they, like, attach to an entity and they either, like, possess it or like kill it or like suck the life out of it see this is how little i know about metroid and <laughs> um like i don't know these things and they I'm sure uh, some listeners are just like screaming i know now. i know oh my god i'm sorry oh, don't know this. <laughs> but uh i mean I, i'm trying i'm trying here and do good uh, keep but, going keep going so there's different like there's little metroid bosses you have to fight and they're all the same or at least so far they've all been the same and they're like these flying uh, I mean, Metroids, and you have to use your missiles to attack them, and you can only attack their, like, kind of like their belly area, if you will. Like, the top of them is kind of like kind of like an armadillo or something. Like, it's shielded, so you have to shoot their underside, and you have to shoot your missiles to attack them. And they do um, a few different attack patterns, and one of them is, like, a rush attack where you have to, or you can either dodge it and jump out of the way, or you can use your little um, counter move. But for some reason, I can never time the counter move correctly for the Metroid bosses. Like, give me any enemy in the game. And like 90% of the time, I will hit that counter move perfectly. I will bat that enemy away, stun them, and I will shoot them to death with my little beam gun arm thing. But for some reason, the Metroids, like, 
I cannot get the timing down for them like blinking before they rush the attack. And every time, like, it's gotten to the point where I like I, I play the game and I'm almost like mad. Like I, I either hit it too quickly and like she does it and then the the Metroid hits me, or like it's too late. Like I as soon as I press the button, like the Metroid has already made contact and it hits me. And I don't know if I'm just an idiot. Or if other people have this issue or what the deal is. But, like, luckily you can just, like, dodge. You can jump out of the way. You don't, like, have to be hit whenever it does the rush attack. But it's really frustrating whenever I, like, think that I have this move, like, perfectly timed. And then every time I get to these Metroid little, like, mini-boss things, I just keep getting my ass kicked, like, over and over again. Because of the timing of this stupid counter button. It's so annoying. Let me but, ask you. Let me ask you something real quick. Yeah. Have you ever countered one of them, or have you never countered one of those guys? I have. It is possible. Oh, okay. Because um, I was gonna say. I, I mean, I don't. I have not played this new one, so I cannot say for certain. Uh, but in the older games, you would have to always freeze the Metroid first, and then shoot it with missiles, like five missiles. That's like the old formula. I don't know if they carry that through. But also, um, when you when you play one of these games, because I played, I think I've played all the Metroid games, I believe. Um, and usually, like, when the Metroids get close to you, they kind of just glom onto you. So, like, you never... In the past, you've never really wanted to make contact with them ever because if they're close enough to touch you, they kind of just, like, grab on. And I was wondering, like, is that what's going on here? Like, are they... Like, if you miss that split-second window, are they just grabbing you? Or is it even possible to even... Maybe you couldn't Maybe you couldn't counter them because maybe they're just sucking onto you no matter what. Like, or does it... <laughs> or is it strictly just timing? Um, it's strictly timing because I know for a fact you can counter them because I think I've done it successfully like three times maybe out of all of them and they don't attach to you when they attack you and that's something I remember from Metroid Prime like whenever they attached to you in Metroid Prime you had to go to the morph ball mode and you had to like drop uh, a morph ball bomb in order to like get the Metroid off of you right yeah 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 um but they don't at least so far in the game I'm sure there's going to be like evolutions of them or something you know further in the game because I've only played it for maybe a couple of hours uh so I, I haven't played the whole thing but um but so far, they just hit you and then, like, bounce off. They don't, like, grab on and start sucking your life away or anything, which is nice because that would be extra uh, irritating if, like, you miss the counter timing and then you're it's not, like, a one-hit kill. So, like, thank goodness for that. Um, it probably takes some... I mean, you can get varying amounts of energy in the game because there's, like, energy power-ups. But, I mean, it takes them a few hits to kill you. Um, if, if it was, like, a one-hit kill, I probably would have, like, rage quit the game already, but... Um, I mean, so far, like, so far, so good. Like, I'm happy that everybody who's, like, a diehard Metroid fan who has been waiting forever for a new Metroid game got one. Uh, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not in love with it. Uh, I mean, if it were a Castlevania game, I might be more on board with it, which I shouldn't even say that because there's, like, been, like, several Castlevania games on the Nintendo DS and 3DS, and I've never played any of them. So here I am trying to, like, do this song and dance. Like, I'm a really big Castlevania fan, and I haven't played a new one in, like, years. But um, I don't know. It's just, like, it's pretty much exactly what you would think it would be if you know what a 2D Metroid game is. So, I mean, it's, like, good, but it's not, like, blowing my mind or anything. But it's certainly enjoyable, and I'm happy that the Nintendo fans finally got their new Metroid game. Well, that's cool. I mean, I, I would say that I'm a big... I mean, I, I think I was probably a bigger Metroid fan back in the day. I have to say, I lost a lot of love for the series when it came to Metroid Prime. I really enjoyed Metroid Prime number one. I thought that was really good and fun and cool. I enjoyed that one a great deal. 
but when it came to Metroid Prime 2 and 3, I felt like those guys ran out of juice and they just like made the games really, really too long and they just got really tedious and boring and um, just, just not fun. I really kind of burned out on those and I just was not liking the series as much after that. I mean, it's not like there's been a million Metroid games either. I mean, I, I think um, the only thing that came after that was uh, that awful one that was done by Team Ninja. That was called was it Z- Other M? Oh God, what an atrocity that was! You mean Metroid Daddy Issues the game? Yes. Oh my God, it, it sucks too because <laughs> I liked the basic concept of like how they were approaching the mechanics of the game. Like I thought that was interesting, and I was looking forward to exploring that. But oh my God, the rights! Oh Jesus, it was so bad, offensively bad. I can't believe that anybody like really approved that shit. Anyway, so I mean, it's it sounds like I mean, there's not been none of that shit. Is there no more daddy issues in this game? No, I mean, there's basically like no story. Like you land on the planet when you get there. I think the general story is like, oh, there's Metroids here, and you're supposed to kill them. Like, there's not even any like like lore because you know like in metroid prime there's like a shitload of lore like you can read all these codex entries and all this text and you can like scan enemies and like learn about them and scan like dead pirates and shit there's none of that in this game it is like 99.9 percent like just like metroidvania gameplay which is fine i i always like the old uh formula I'm not a lore guy in general. And although I really did enjoy Metroid Prime, I enjoyed it more mechanically. I did not enjoy like scanning shit and like the lore stuff. I just, I'm not down for that unless it's done really, really well. Uh, And there are very few examples of where I think it's done really well. Um, I mean, it sounds okay. I mean, I, I mean, now that I've said that I kind of a Metroid fan at the same time, I haven't played this new one. I didn't even know what it was called. And I knew it was, (laughs) I knew it was around. I knew it was out, but I just, uh, I guess I didn't care. I mean, I guess I'm just going to be honest and just say I didn't care, which sounds bad, I guess, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I would say that I am a fan, but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll get to it at some point. I think it's on my game like you, and I can't really say that I am burning to play it because I think I'm just tired of the genre. Like, I think I'm just tired of the Metroidvania genre of the whole explore level, find a power up go back and unlock the last thing. I mean, it's, I'm not against them. I just feel like I've played a lot of them and I feel like a lot of them, I feel like it's gotten stale. Like I think it's time for that genre to get a kick in the ass and have <laughs> something new and fresh happen. And although I really did enjoy this game, I did play it back on the Game Boy and finished it back then. I really enjoyed it at the time. I don't know that it necessarily would be up for just another standard one of these. Um, let me ask you real quickly, is there voice acting in this game or no? Uh, not that I know of. I don't think so. Because I, I've always been torn because back in the day when I first played Metroid, uh, and there was, you know, no voice acting in games back then. That voice wasn't a thing. Technologically, not possible. So I remembered, uh, opening the box and reading the instruction booklet because games came with instruction booklets back then (laughs) and you could read and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know how to pronounce uh, her name. So uh, me and my brother and everybody that I knew always pronounced it Samus Aran. But then I hear other people. And I think it was because of Smash Brothers, I think was maybe perhaps the first time that a voice actor actually said her name out loud. Uh, and they pronounced it Samus. And I'm like, Samus, that doesn't sound right to me. And then, so I don't, I mean, I guess I don't know if, 
<laughs> did they say the official pronunciation? Because that's something that kind of bothers me. Is it Samus Aran? Is it Samus Aran? Is it is it a combination of the two? Is it something different? Like, I guess I want to know. Do they do they solve that in this game? Do they? Uh, no, I don't think there have been any voiceovers, and I don't think they the game so far has not led me to believe that there ever will be. Uh, I always pronounced it Samus. Um, I think Samus Aaron, Samus Aaron, Samus Aran. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know what I say, but I know Samus. But this game is not going to solve that problem for you. I don't know what it is. I know that Smash Brothers says it's Samus, and I remember being really weirded out by that because that just does not sound right to my ear. She's always been more of a Samus to me. I prefer that sound, so I'm going to go with that. But I. I'm sure canonically it's wrong. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, um, I, I mean, it sounds okay, but it sounds like you're. It's just like a standard kind of thing. So if you if you were talking to somebody who was maybe like me, liked the genre but wasn't really in love with it, maybe a little bit tired of it, perhaps would this be the thing to play, or maybe not? Uh, I mean, probably not. I mean, it doesn't seem to be doing aside from like the counter move that she has, doesn't seem to be doing anything incredibly new. And I mean, it's kind of nice. Like the one novelty for me is that it's on the 3DS and I like never, ever play the 3DS. So it's kind of cool to like actually like get the 3DS out and play it and like experience the 3D aspect because I always turn the 3D up as much as possible because I like never use it. So I want to like get that depth, even though it's sometimes. Oh, is this actually using the 3D function? Yeah. I mean, it like it's basically the only way it uses the 3D function is like the the level like the 2d levels that she's walking through it's like 2.5d where they have like a lot of depth to them but you're not like you know running around but it still looks really nice but i have a hard time sometimes my eyes have a really difficult time like seeing it and i mean i don't i think it's pretty common that like the margin the margin of error for looking at a 3ds and seeing it correctly is like like you have to be holding it and right like the exact position like the angle for your eyes to meet it for it to like really look perfect and I mean, with a handheld, it's hard because like my hands get tired and the, you know, the 3DS sags a little bit or like I tilt it a little bit. And then all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, well, there's two Samuses. And um, but I, I'm trying my hardest to play it and see all that 3D action as much as I can. Well, that's surprising. I turned that 3D off immediately. I don't think I've <laughs> I've used it for maybe like 30 seconds the entire time I've had my 3DS it gives me headaches, and I don't like that whole, like like what you described, you have to kind of hold it in the sweet spot. I know that they improved that with the new, like the new, new 3DS, but I don't have that one, and I probably wouldn't use it anyway. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the flat screen. I don't really need to fuck my eyes up by looking at that weird <laughs> shit, so... All right, sounds good. Sounds like, uh, sounds like a Metroid. There you go, folks. Um, let's jump over to me real quick. I don't have a lot to talk about because uh, I've been on vacation, quote-unquote vacation, for the last uh, four days, and I've just um, been on the go, very busy. Catch the banter if you want to hear about that. But I did, I did play something. I knew that I was going to be on a plane, and I knew that I was probably going to have some downtime once we got to where we were going down in Palm Springs. So I brought the Switch. I'm like, okay, well, this is a good test case for the Switch. I'm going to pack it up. Uh, and I bought the Pro Controller. Did I have the Pro Controller last time I talked about this? I don't think so. Pro Controller is fucking ridiculously expensive. It is like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's fucking $70, dude. I was, I just, I could not believe it. I was like, 70 fucking dollars. Are you kidding me? 
Uh, and I would have told Nintendo to fuck off. But after I was playing the 3D, uh, not the fucking 3DS, the Switch. Sorry, I'm going to be doing that a lot. After I was playing the Switch, either in the mode where you have the Joy-Cons on either side or where you detach the Joy-Cons and hold them in your hands, those things are really small. And I don't have the biggest hands. And I noticed like really quickly that as I was playing games holding the Joy-Cons, I could feel like the twinges of Carpal Tunnel happening. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not this is not going down. I am not getting Carpal Tunnel from this fucking thing. No fucking way. <laughs> So even though I think it's highway robbery that they're charging 70 bucks for that controller, I'm like, I'm never going to play this if it's going to give me carpal tunnel. So I got I got the controller. Problem solved. The controller is super comfortable. Very nice controller. I do like it a lot. But man, 70 bucks is really fucking steep. So I bought the pro controller, packed up the switch uh, and we went to the airport. Um, and I, I mean, this kind of mirrors what I've said before. So please, folks listening, uh, I apologize if I'm repeating myself on this. But I think where I land on the Switch is that I think it's really sucky as a portable. No, no, no. Wait. It is really sucky as a handheld <laughs> because it's too big. It's too kind of heavy and too ungainly. And I don't like the Joy-Cons. I mean, it gets the job done for sure, but it's not the most comfortable thing. But I think it is like A plus as a portable. I think as a portable system, it's great. I love it. Um, when we were on the plane, I folded down my tray table and I set up the, the switch on it. And then I had the pro controller, which just, you know, wirelessly connects up to it. Totally comfortable, totally fine playing it. Like it just felt like I was playing a regular system, although with a slightly smaller screen. Got to my mother-in-law's house in Palm Springs. And like that night when we were kind of crashed out, um, I just was like in the bedroom and I set up a couple pillows and stuck the switch on top of it. And I was just laid back playing game on there. That was super cool. Like it's great as a portable, like you can bring it with you and set it up somewhere. Awesome. Works really well. Super convenient. I love it. That's great. But as a handheld, I, I'm not quite sold on it. I don't think it quite works as well. I have not used it as a handheld successfully, but I did play quite a bit of Battle Chef Brigade on the Switch in in a, in a portable sense where I would be like in bed or set up on the coffee table or on the flight table uh, on the airplane. Battle Battleship Brigade. Have you heard of it, Corey? Uh, I have not, and it sounds ludicrous just from the name. It is ludicrous, but it is great. It is it <laughs> is the shit. I really enjoy it. So a little bit of backstory. I first saw this game at least two years ago, maybe three, but I think probably closer to two years ago at PAX. When it was still, um, I think it was a Kickstarter, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But a really small indie team were kind of putting this together. It looked pretty rough when I saw it two years ago. But I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, it looks interesting. These guys seem like good people. Um, you know, I wish them well. We'll see how it goes. And then I saw it again at PAX last year. It had come quite a ways. It looked much better. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's looking in pretty good shape. Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch. It's also on PS4, I believe. I think it's on everything, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the premise, have you ever seen an episode of Iron Chef? Oh yeah. Back in the day. Yes. Okay. So you know what Iron Chef is? Yes. Okay. So this is Iron Chef, the game basically, but like with some extra stuff thrown into it. The, the premise of the game is that you are in, uh, I don't know, some fantasy land and you are a battle chef. So this land was like filled with monsters, people getting eaten. It's terrible, hard life, et cetera, et cetera. Until this league of battle chefs was formed where they fight monsters and then they cook the <laughs> monsters after they're done. It really silly. Like it's a silly idea, but it totally works, man. They, they totally commit to the idea. 
Uh, they build a whole world around it. They build a whole like ethos around it. And you play as a girl named Mina Han from this small village out in the middle of nowhere. She has dreams of becoming a battle chef. So she goes to the battle chef tournament in the big city and she wants to compete. And so it's literally, it's totally just like, like Iron Chef. Like you have some equipment, like you pick like your kitchen equipment that you want. You have some fighting equipment that you want. Equip yourself out. And it's, it's pretty simple. It's not like an, it's not like an RPG. There's not like a bunch of like micromanagement or anything. It's just a few items to pick. You start the battle and it'll be you versus somebody. And like, it'll be just, it's, it's totally just like Iron Chef. Like there's an announcer who looks like the guy from Iron Chef, that crazy guy, Chairman Kaga, I believe his name was. And he'll give you like a little spiel, explain what's going on. And then he'll be like, cook or fight or whatever he says. And then you, you run out, but here's, here's where the, the battle part comes in. So as soon as like the battle starts, you leave the stadium and there's a magic portal, which takes you to like a, a, I don't know, like a wilderness area. So like in one second, you're inside the kitchen stadium, kitchen, oven, audience, et cetera, et cetera. But when you run out, you go through this portal and you appear in like a forest or you appear in um, like these floating islands or you appear in this underground mine and it's filled with monsters. And so yeah, like you start fighting. It's 2D, uh, hand-drawn animation. And it's very simple. Like there's, it's not like super, super fluid animation. Like it's not Street Fighter type or anything like that. But I think what it is is really good. Like there's like three or four frames of animation per motion. And uh, I mean, but it looks good. Like it looks fine. Like it's indie and the flavor of what they got going is really nice. The anim the illustrations are very nice and lovely, very attractive. Um, and so you fight, like you have a magic spell, you have some throwing knives, you can jump and double jump and like attack. You have all these little, little attacks. I mean, it's on the simple side, but I think it suits the game fine because you're not going to want to spend a lot of time on like a Street Fighter style combo system or anything crazy like that. But you run around, you beat up these monsters, you kill the monsters and then parts fall down on the ground. It'll be like, oh, dragon foot or I don't know, squid tentacle or something or, you know, whatever it is. Like you pick up these various parts, collect your parts, you run back through the portal, get your ass back to kitchen, <laughs> you drop off the monster parts. And then as you're cooking, what happens is each piece that you take from a monster uh, becomes kind of like a series of gems that you do in like a little match three puzzle. So like a dragon foot will be like two red gems and a blue gem. And like a squid tentacle will be like three blue gems and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you drop them into a pot and you got to match like, uh, you know, three gems of the same color will make a bigger gem, match more, and it gets into a bigger gem. And those, the size of the gem corresponds to like the taste. So if you have a, a dish that has a lot of really big gems. That means it's a very flavorful dish. And when you present it to the judges, you'll get a lot of points. And uh, of course you're competing with your opponent who's doing the same thing. It sounds pretty simple and it is at first, but the thing that really put this game over the top for me, I mean, the premise is gold, but that wouldn't have really counted for much if it didn't deliver, but it really delivers because um, I think the combat is satisfying and fun. Like it's not very deep, but I think it's exactly what it needs to be. And I like that part of it. Uh, feels pretty good to play that. Also, when you're doing the match three, it, it starts out as just a simple match three, which I believe probably every gamer on earth has played at least one of them, you know, match three color gems, make a bigger gem or whatever. Like it's, it's simple, but the thing is when you change your equipment, it changes how you interact with the gems. So for example, one of my favorite things is a cutting board. If I have the cutting board equipped, when I have those clusters of gems, it lets me cut out gems that I don't want. So if I have, if I need to get like three gems in a row 
and one of them is the wrong color, I can cut out the one that I don't like and, you know, that'll make room for the one that I do want. Or there are uh, certain gems or certain like a, like a pot, it'll be like the red pot. So if you have red gems, it'll give you a bonus for matching in that pot, but it will not match gems of another color. So you have to be very judicious about what equipment you bring with you. And there's lots of different ways to interact with the gems, lots of little twists uh, to the formula, which I think are very thematically appropriate because as someone who knows a lot about cooking, like I do, I'm like, oh, you know, cooking is really complex and it can be very um, challenging and there's a lot of tricks and nuance to it. And that's totally reflected like in the gameplay. Like, I mean, it seems like just a match three, but there's so many little twists and things that you can do to change it that I feel like that is a really great reflection of what cooking is really like um, in, in a certain sense. So I think that is great. The other thing that really sells it to, I mean, I love the art. The art is beautiful. I love the art so much. It's very clean, uh, very full of personality. Uh, I just think it's just very, very pleasing to the eye. But the thing that really sells it is the writing. The writing is so much better than it uh, has a right to be. Um, <laughs> Mina's story is, I think, really fun and it's really engaging. She meets lots of cool characters. Everybody's got a very clearly defined personality. They're very memorable. And the dialogue is just really good. Like, you you really like her and you really like where she's coming from and what's going on. And there's a little bit of playful banter, but it feels pretty natural. It doesn't feel forced. And the things that people say make sense. It's easy to understand people's motivations and it's just, it's just really, really well done. Like I just, I like the story. I like the art. I like the gameplay. I like the concept. I mean, I like, I like everything about this. This game is really, really good on every level. Um, <clears throat> the only criticism I have is probably specific to the Switch, I think, in that I actually talked to the developers about this on Twitter. I sent them a message on Twitter and they responded back like almost immediately. And we had kind of a little dialogue about this and they were very friendly and I tried to be as respectful as possible. Um, but the only, the only gripe I have is like when you're looking at the switch, um, you know how like on most controllers, like the face buttons are arranged into like a diamond shape, right? There's like, you know, you know what it looks like. ABXY or triangle square circle X, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Totally. When you look, when like a prompt will come up on the screen and I'm playing it on the Switch. So like you, you look at the screen and it'll show you the button that is on top. So like if, you, if you're looking at the screen but you're holding the controller in your hands, the screen will show you a button that is in the top button position, but that is not actually the button they want you to press. They want you to look at what letter it is. And I'm not super familiar with the ABXY on the Switch. I feel like it's, I don't play um, Nintendo as much as I play PlayStation. So I have like triangle, square, X and circle memorized, but I do not have ABXY memorized. And so I would see the picture and the picture would tell me, I would think it was telling me push the top button and I would push the top button and it's the wrong button. And like it would change from screen to screen. So like sometimes the top button would be the top button and like on a different screen, the top button would be like the left button or the right button or something like that. And so it was fucking me up like hardcore. Like I could not get used to it because it would be different from screen to screen and I was looking at it visually and not trying to remember the, the letters on the buttons, right? So I tweeted him and I'm like, hey guys, I love your game. This is a great game. It's really fabulous. But like you guys are super inconsistent when you are displaying buttons on the screen. And it's like, it's, it's fucking me up. Like it's wrecking my brain because I can't, I can't get into groove. And like when I'm, you're on a timed cooking competition, you have to get these things correct. You don't have time to like push the wrong buttons. And so like I was losing matches because I kept hitting the wrong buttons. 
Um, they said they would probably fix it in the next patch or it's something on their you know to-do list or whatever, which is fine. I totally respect that they are a small team and, you know, I don't know how many resources they have to devote to something like that, but I mean, at least they're aware of it and they were really respectful and they were like, oh, okay, we get where you're coming from and etc. So they seemed to know, understand what I was talking about. And I sent them some pictures as examples of like what I thought they were, they were messing up, but um, not that big a deal. I mean, I got used to it eventually, although I still would like them to fix it, but overall I love this game. I think this is a really fucking good game. I think, this, everything about it is really well done. It has a lot of heart. It's very, um, it's just, it's like one of those things where like, I don't know how you would even describe this or how to even quantify it, but it's one of those games where you play it and like, it just feels like they gave a shit, you know, like the, it feels like the people making it really fucking cared. Like every little detail feels like someone really took the time to look at it and say, is this right? Does this make sense for us? Is this what we're doing? And I feel like they really, really nailed it. Like it just feels like, you can feel the heart and soul and love they poured into it. And I can't say that about every game. And I, I know that's really vague. And I, I know that it's not something that you can really quantify or, or point. You can't really point to like any one thing and say, well, this is, this is it right here. This is what makes this game good. I mean, everything about it's good. And I just, it feels good. And I, I, I really enjoy that. I just, I feel like the spirit of the developers is in this and it's very appreciable and very noteworthy. So I, I love Battleship Brigade. I, I wasn't sure I was going to love it at first because I don't think it demos very well. But like once I dove into it, I ate it up. I love this game. I'm almost done with it. I think I'm in the final battle and I just I adore it. I think it's it's very nearly a perfect game in in, uh, in every respect that counts. This might be an odd question, but because you're playing this on the Switch and because you've been playing it on the go during your vacation and trip and everything um if you had this game on like the playstation 4 and you were like sitting on your couch playing this on the tv do you think you would love it as much or do you think it would be a different experience than playing it on the go i would love it just as much i don't think that anything is gained by having it portable i mean i think it's very suited to the portable experience it works just fine on the switch i have no complaints about it at all but i did play it in docked mode um when I got home and I mean, the graphics immediately get better. So like, I mean, just having a bigger screen and it looks better, but other than that, um, no problem at all. I mean, I think that, um, if you played it on the PS4 or if you played it on whatever other system, I think the quality of this game shines through and it's not just, it's not just good portable. I think it would be good anywhere. So I'd be very happy playing it just at home in dock mode. I would recommend it to anyone. I'm going to have my wife buy it on PS4. Um, cause I think she's really going to dig it too. And I would recommend it very highly, um, to anybody who likes uh, offbeat games, unusual games, or games that have a lot of good ideas and twists, um, I just I just love it. I, th I think it's really, really great. I think everything about it is just really, really well done. I've got, uh, other than that one control issue, no complaints to speak of. I think it's fantastic. The thing that is ridiculous about the controller is like, okay, with Sony, like, everybody knows it's like X square circle uh, triangle, which is weird if you think about it, but that's the, their control layout. That's how it's been forever. And I know that Xbox and Nintendo have had the same controller layout more or less forever, except for like like the Wii, notwithstanding. But uh, the thing that fucks me up is Microsoft uses ABXY, Nintendo uses ABXY. 
they are not in the same spots in the controllers on their respective consoles, and that bothers me so much. Oh, dude, I totally agree. I mean, I uh, yeah, it fucks me up. I got I got PS4 down, no problem. I can do that with my eyes closed. I know where those buttons are. But yeah, exactly like you. I mean, Nintendos are super fucked up because the top one is A, and then it goes, and then left is B, which is the opposite of the way that English writing works. And it also it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't understand how they have those buttons laid out. They don't make sense to me. And the same thing, like you said, for Microsoft, they're they're Switch too. And I know that Microsoft also adds colors. They have like blue, yellow, red, and green. I think, but they're not. They're not just the colors. Like, I almost wish they were just the colors. Then I would remember where the colors were. But um, most of the games follow the letters and not the colors. And so it's just, yeah, I, I can't remember either one of those. So whenever, like, a QTE comes up or something like Battle Chef Brigade, where they expect you to kind of, like, remember where those buttons are and not to really have to be told where they are, a little extra level of difficulty. I Yeah, it messes <laughs> me up. I'm right with you, dude, for sure. Yeah, if I were in, in your <clears throat> shoes, I would be messing that up left and right as well because I don't know the Nintendo control uh, layout very well either as far as ABXY goes. Yeah, I mean, I was fucking... I was, I, Like I said, I was losing matches just because I was simply pushing the wrong button over and over and wasting too much time, so that was really frustrating. But I'm in a pretty good groove now, um, and hopefully we'll get it patched out. Hopefully it won't be a problem for too much longer. But I don't want to dissuade anybody. I mean, even though that part is kind of frustrating, um, maybe that's not a problem on other systems... But regardless, I think this game is really special and really fun and really um, just wonderful, and I really can't say enough good things about it. So I totally recommend it to anybody who feels like they would even remotely be interested in this. Um, so please, please check it out. I think it's... Uh, I'm definitely going to be talking about it um, at the end of this month. So that's how much I like it. Um, so check it out. Uh, but Corey, you've been playing something that is not Battleship Brigade. You've been playing Black Mirror on ps4 yes that is correct i don't know very much about this i know it's some kind of a point and click game i think it's some kind of a remake from the early 90s uh so tell us all about it and also is this in any way related to black mirror the tv show it is not related to the tv show in any way unless they're gonna plan some big ridiculous reveal um which i don't see coming at all uh it is not. And as a matter of fact, I, I went into this game not knowing very much about it either. And if uh, it, this game is a remake, I'm pretty sure Black Mirror was a PC game, like a point-and-click adventure game, kind of like a psychological thriller-y um, like adventure game on PC. And I know it had at least one sequel. I haven't fully done my homework on this, but if that's the case, then the game Black Mirror actually probably came before the show black mirror but the show is probably more popular at this point in the game because that's the first thing when you sent me a message and you were like hey uh have you heard of black mirror the game the first thing i thought was they're making a game after the tv show and then it's totally not that at all so totally unrelated um i'm probably gonna give the worst description of this game because i have played it for probably about three to four hours. So I'm kind of in a little deep at this point, like maybe like, maybe not quite waist deep, maybe like mid thigh deep into this game. <laughs> and, uh, and basically the setup is you are, see this, I haven't played it in like 
four days. So I cannot remember any of the characters' names, which is so bad because I'm basically going to be like, you're this guy, and then there's this other guy, and then there's another guy, and then there's this other guy. But you play, I think his name's David. You play, we're just going to go with that. You play as a guy named David. Uh, at the very beginning of the game, uh, very beginning, so this is not really a spoiler alert, um, his father dies under circumstances which I will not uh, divulge. His father dies. His father lived in this big estate that has been, I guess, in, I can't remember where it is. I want to say like England or Scotland or something. And it's this big estate. Uh, it's called the Black Mirror Estate, but it's in um, it's in a different language. I can't remember what the language is, uh, so it's like a different word. But they call it Black Mirror sometimes. Uh, his family, since like the 1400s, has grown up in this estate. Uh, at the time of the father dying, the son, who you play as David, and his mother were living in India. I'm not really sure why. I don't know if they're going to fully explain that in the game, but it's partially irrelevant. So the dad dies, David goes back to the house to, like, uh, he's getting ready to inherit it because it's sort of becoming, like, it, it has, it stands the chance of becoming his. So he goes back to the manor to do the paperwork, to meet the lawyer, to, like, stay for a few nights, I guess, uh, to get a feel of the estate, because I don't think he had lived there since he was a very young boy. And it turns out that there's supernatural forces at work. Uh, there may or may not be ghosts in the manor or like hauntings of some sort and like different things going on. So you play it as a third person uh, adventure game where you walk around. It's kind of point and clicky in the sense to in the sense of you have full control over David, like you press left he walks left you press right he walks right you don't have to like literally you know move a mouse cursor around or anything uh you know you can walk him up and down stairs and everything but just about any time you move from one room to another or from a door to door there's a loading screen so it's a tiny bit like resident evil old resident evil in that regard which is actually something i'm kind of pleased about this game gives me very slight old school survival horror vibes because it's mostly fixed camera, which I, I love fixed cameras, uh, but the cameras kind of like pan with you or they like zoom in and out a little bit as you move. So it's not 100% like you walk in the room, there's the one angle and that's it. Like the camera moves with you, which it's kind of like a good kind of modern take on fixed cameras. Although I'm sure there's been a bunch of games that have done this, so it's probably not anything new. It's kind of fixed camera. Um, every uh, room kind of has its own identity. And there's a loading screen between each room, so you get a sense of, like, every room kind of being its, like, developed self. And toward the beginning, you find out that your deceased father has left some sort of message for you. And so a big portion of the game, a lot of it is just walking around in exploration, puzzle solving, and talking to people. Talking to, I think your grandmother still lives in the house, and you talk to her, you talk to the butler, there's like a, a maid, um, one of your cousins is in the house, and there's like a gardener, this like creepy like gardener dude who's blind. And a lot of it is like walking around and exploring and talking to people and solving puzzles. And I was kind of worried when I started this because I thought that the puzzles might be really obtuse. And they kind of sort of are a little bit. Like there's one puzzle really early on where there's a desk that's locked. And you have to find something in the manor, 
that you can use to unlock the desk. But the neat thing is there's actually two ways to open the desk. So you can find X item and open it that way, or you can find Y item and open it that way. And uh, I'm sure there's like a different outcome for however you choose to open it, maybe. Um, and then uh, like for the puzzle segments, it reminds me a tiny bit of uh, the room on iOS. And I love the room games because the camera goes into like a first person mode and like you're looking through David's eyes, looking at the desk and you pan the camera around and look at different things. Like you can look at the drawers or maybe there's like a switch on the side or maybe there's uh, something under like under the desk and you have to like thoroughly kind of pan his view around whatever thing he's looking at in order to like see all of the desk or the table or what have you and see if there's like a hidden switch or see if there's a puzzle that needs to be solved or the there's some sort of input and I mean straight up on like the third puzzle in this game I got stumped and I had to look up a guide online oh no I was just gonna I, ask you that yeah which part of it like I so the situation was I was looking at the desk and I didn't realize that you could pan his view so far that you could actually make him look at the side of the desk at both sides of the desk. I thought when he was sitting down, all you could do was look at the contents that are on the desk because there's kind of like it kind of has like walls on the side of the desk. Like it's a, it's a it kind of looks like a big like bread box and you like open the bread box thing and then that's the desk. So like the sides, the panels, you can actually pan his view so he goes all the way around to look at the sides of the desk. And I didn't realize he could do that. If I had known he could do that, I probably would have been able to solve this on my own. But I was too dumb to pan the camera all the way over. I thought it was just like the desktop contents I was looking at. So I totally had to look up... Um, a guide to tell me to look further right, which made me feel like a giant idiot. But... This game is one of those rare cases where the puzzles actually, like, I get out a piece of paper and a pen. Like, the first the big puzzle that I came across, it has, like, these, uh, I don't know, it's, like, old, like, Gaelic characters or something, and they coordinate with numbers. And so I'm looking at these, and you have to, like, look through his inventory and look through notes, and, like, maybe there's a, a clue and I like looked down at the coffee table, like in real life at my coffee table in my living room. And I was like, fuck, I need something to write on. So I had to like get up and like grab an envelope off the off the table and like go find a pen. And I had to like actually write things down, which sounds lame. But this is the kind of puzzle like that I can really get into. Like if I it reminds me of old like Silent Hill games like you, you know, you really have to like think about it. And, like, write some stuff down and maybe do some, like, little, like, math equations or something to try to figure this stuff out. And not every puzzle is like this, but the the first big one that I came across, I was writing stuff in this envelope. And uh, you just kind of have to get on board with it. And once you're on board, you're good to go. And, um, and this is the kind of game that maybe I, like, if I saw this on the PS4 store, I probably would never think about buying this. It just... Uh, just from the get-go doesn't really look like something I would be into. But now that I'm playing it, I'm actually kind of into it. Like, the writing is, I mean, the writing's not, like, uh, you know, great or, you know, groundbreaking or, like, super innovative. But, like, it's pretty good. Like, it's good enough. It's better than the writing in most games that I play. And, like, the mystery story that's going on is kind of intriguing. And there's, like, a situation where there's a character in the house that you think you need to get some information from and then something happens to the character and like the mystery, like the plot thickens. And 
I, I just kind of like what it's doing and I'm enjoying it so far. And like the dialogue is all right. It's a little bit janky uh, around the edges. Like you can tell that there's just like a little bit of polish issues and some just like some weird stuff going on. But so far, none of that stuff has put me off so much that I like don't want to play it or anything like nothing, nothing big, no like big bugs or anything. Um, and, uh, oh shit. There was something else I was going to say about it. Um, oh my God, I totally had it and now it's gone. Um, oh, the other thing, um, the, the thing that probably bothers me the most about the game it is like I said earlier, it has a loading screen between every single door. And sometimes these loading screens are like 10 seconds long, which doesn't sound like a long time. But if you're leaving the kitchen, having a load screen, and then taking four seconds to walk across the living room to go to a different hallway, 10 second loading screen, walk down the hallway to a room, 10 second loading screen, walk to another room, 10 second loading screen. It adds up really quickly. And I wish, like, I don't know what kind of engine they're running on. I don't know what kind of capabilities the team has, but I, I kind of would rather sit through like a two minute loading screen to just load the whole mansion and then be able to walk freely between the doors because the fact that it has loading screen so often is really off putting. And it's one of those situations where like, I will find myself checking my phone every single time I hit a loading screen. And then I will end up looking at my phone for two minutes past the loading screen loading. <laughs> and it just ends up taking way more time. Like I, I just wish that the mansion were a little bit more cohesive. And I also wish the mansion had a map because unless I haven't stumbled upon it and it actually exists, there's no map for the mansion. And I mean, it's not as big and elaborate as like Resident Evil 1 mansion, but there's still, I mean, there's two floors, there's like a, an attic, there's a basement. The second floor probably has like eight rooms on it or something. Some of the rooms have a staircase where you can go down uh, to the first floor. And I find myself getting lost a lot. And even though I've been playing it for like probably three to four hours, you know, I'll be like, okay, I need to go to the kitchen. And then I'll have to really think about it and be like, okay, wh wh which doorway was the kitchen through? And then if I miss the doorway, it's like 10 seconds of loading. And then I have to turn around and go back to the main hall. And that's another like 10 seconds of loading. So, I mean, a map would solve this problem. I also, you know, maybe I could just draw my own map. Like that's something I could do. And that's something I've thought about doing, but I haven't done yet. Um, but I'm not above, I'm not above dra drawing my own map for a game, but I just kind of wish that they gave you one. But uh, I don't know. I mean, all that stuff aside, I think it's uh, I think it's actually a really interesting game. I'm enjoying the writing. I'm enjoying the story. Um, you know, it's not like top 10 of the year or top five of the year or anything, but it's definitely a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And it has like, I mean, the jankiness of it kind of gives it its charm, like in a good charming way, not in like a, oh God, this game was developed by three people way. Um, so, I mean, so far so good. I hope that it, keeps its intrigue up and that it doesn't get too like uh bogged down with it so like weird supernatural storytelling because it has a supernatural touch but it's not overbearing so i mean i like i like what it's doing so far interesting um i'm not the biggest fan of um i mean would you it's fair to call it like a point and click would you think or no yeah i mean it kind of reminds me of um it kind of is like Telltale games. It's not like 
I mean, the dialogue isn't like Telltale Games at all, but the way you explore the environments, the environments is kind of like a Telltale game where you like walk around and then a little like prompt on the screen, like a UI prompt will come up and then, you know, you can press a button to examine that thing or press that button or look at that thing or whatever. So that's pretty much how like the UI works for it. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of these, but if there's one that has like the elements that I like, I mean, I will, I have been known to play them from time to time. Um, how, I forget, you said you were like, I don't know what, mid thigh deep or something. <laughs> I forget how, <laughs> I forget how deep you said you were, but like how far into it do you think that you've seen like halfway, less than half, more than half? Uh, probably less than half. The game has numbered chapters. I don't know how many chapters they're on, but I finished chapter two. The last time I played, I got a tiny bit into chapter three. Um, and each chapter is maybe like. I mean, I guess it depends on how long it takes you to solve puzzles. But, I mean, I'm three to four hours in, and I'm in the middle of Chapter 3. So each chapter is maybe like an hour, an hour and a half or so. Um, But I don't know how many there are. But it doesn't seem like the story is even close to wrapping up at any point. So I would wager I'm maybe like a quarter of the way through it. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, I know you uh, praise the story. I'm not going to ask you to explain it because, I mean, in a game like this, I'm sure uncovering the story is half the fun. But... um, is it scary, like, what'd you say? I mean, it seems like you're kind of describing, like, I don't know, like a big mansion. Those are automatically scary. And, you know, you maybe mentioned a little bit of supernatural going on and ghosts and stuff. I mean, it sounds like this is kind of aiming to be more of a spooky kind of thing. But are you are you unsettled by it? Is it scary or is it not really, like, that intense? Or, I mean, I guess, give me an, an idea uh, like what kind of a spook fest would I be in for if I wanted to pick this up? Uh, I think it is a game that sometimes tries to be scary, but is not. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Cause I would say like dead space is a good example of a game that thinks it's scary, but it's not from, in my opinion, and I mean that in a bad way. I don't like the dead space games, but this game is kind of scary and like, it's kind of hokey, I guess. Like I've never, I've ne- I haven't been creeped out yet. I haven't been scared. I haven't been like it tries to pull a couple of jump scares, but they're not really that effective. It's more kind of like B movie kind of scares. Um, it's more just like a slightly supernatural, almost like Sherlock Holmes e mystery story. So for anybody who's thinking about playing this, but maybe they might be worried that it's like disturbing or unsettling or scary so far it has not been any of those things okay because yeah i mean as as we've discussed many times in the show i'm not really down for the spookies most of the time i think i may make an exception uh with soma which is coming out pretty soon i think next week or something like that um i'm interested in that game's uh no combat mode or safe mode or whatever it's called uh, but that's going to be an exception. Uh, number one, because I like the idea of not having to worry about dying in a game that's, I guess, somewhat scary. And also because you spoke so highly of it. So I'm going to check that out. But that's the exception. I I definitely stay away from um, the scary ones. So this doesn't sound too bad. This doesn't sound like a creep fest at all. It's more just about um, solving the puzzles and following well with the story, would you say? Yeah, definitely. It's like... A... I mean, it's definitely not like a walking simulator, nor is it like a telltale style game, but it's very narrative driven, exploration and puzzle driven um, and intriguing and 
dialogue driven, but it's not like you have dialogue choices when you talk to people, but it's not the kind of game where you choose to say one, two, three, or four, you kind of just decide in what order you want to say them. Um, right. So, so you're going to uh, say, you're going to say all the dialogue choices eventually just a matter of what you want to hear first. Yeah, I think so. I think you might be able to back out of the conversations too, without hearing all of them. And I don't know if there's any penalty for that, but, um, but so far, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy going. It's mostly a, a puzzle, I guess like an exploration and puzzle game so far. Okay, cool. Well, we don't get a lot of those these days. That might be worth checking into. Um, I would be really interested to hear back from you on this at least one more time once you've finished it, because I think in a game like this for me, uh, story is really what's going to carry me forward, because I can't say that I'm really a fan of the point-and-click style gameplay, but I do play them if I like the story enough. So uh, let's put this on pause, and why don't you get back to us when you have finished it, and let me know if it really pans out. How's that sound? It sounds perfect. I will definitely be playing more of it soon, so I will report back. Excellent, excellent. All right, we are almost at the end of the show, but I cannot end the show without doing our new segment, Weekly Warframe. Now, Corey, you are the the audio technician of the show. Can you cut in like a really cool sound effect there? Like something, uh, I don't know. I hear other people on other podcasts say, cut in a sound, and then somebody just does it. Can you do that? I, I can, but I will not do that. Okay, I'm going to pretend like you did. <laughs> so I'm going to pretend like the really cool sound played when I said Weekly Warframe. And then, cool sound. I don't know what that would be. Put something in. Don't make me sound stupid. Put something in. Um, so anyway, just a really, a really, really quick recap. Um, I didn't play Warframe <laughs> since the last time we played, or since the last time we recorded the show because I've been on vacation. So uh, what I will say is that Warframe has a pretty cool little iPhone app, or it's probably on Android as well, uh, where you can do a lot of the busy work functions of the game while you are away from the game, which is exactly what I did. So although I did not actually play, uh, which was a bummer because I really enjoy that game, I was able to open up the app and check in on my character. So like uh, all the game is run on the central servers over at uh, X, what is it? Digital Extremes. So I could check on my character. I could check on all the different things that I was doing. Like I could see how many resources I had and how many I needed to collect and how the things that I was making was going. I don't know if we've, and we, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but in Warframe, when you make something like craft an item, it takes real time hours to be done. So sometimes something will be done in five minutes, sometimes like one hour, sometimes a day or three days. I think three days is the longest it takes for anything. So you could check in on the progress, but you can also craft these little drones. And once you have completed all of the missions in an area, you can send this drone in and he will collect resources for you. So that's really what I use the app for. Like when I'm away um, from the game, I'm at work. Or uh, for example, when I was on this trip, every couple hours I would check in on my drones. Hey, what do you got? What'd you, what'd you collect? What, what resource did you find for me? Uh, you, so you collect that stuff and send it back out. And so it's kind of like just doing the busy work of the game where you got to collect a certain amount of XYZ resource. Uh, and it only takes like two seconds. So I actually collected a shit ton of stuff when I was out and about. And although I didn't actually play, I still advanced and uh, I completed a few things that I was making. And I got some precious resources so I can make something else. And it was really cool. So I'm not generally a fan of second screen experiences at all. But this... You know, it just kind of gives you a little way to kind of check in on things and just do a little this and that that's on your to-do list while you're not actually playing, which I think is really helpful because 
in a game where you actually count real-time hours, being able to keep that process rolling when you're not at home is really helpful because, you know, I was in fucking Palm Springs. I wasn't going to play the game anyway. So the ability to like keep the game running, um, all that, uh, all that time, like over the span of four days, it's not lost time. I was actually collecting stuff and doing stuff. Um, and so it kind of took the sting out of it. I really, uh, appreciated doing that. And now I'm looking forward to actually sitting down with the real game and then putting all that stuff to good use. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's all I have to say. Just a heads up that the app exists and that it's pretty useful. Um, you know, limited functionality. You can't do a lot with it, but the stuff you can do, I think is pretty useful. So there you go. Heads up. And, uh, that's all I have to say for the weekly Warframe. Any thoughts, Corey? Are you a fan of second screen experiences? Have you done anything like this before? Um, I have actually, I had to think about this for a second, but when I played, uh, when the director's cut of Deus Ex Human Revolution came out on the 360, I played it and that game was originally in development for Wii U only. And then it, uh, it came out, you know, cats out of the bag that it was being ported to, the Xbox 360 and PS3 too. And I remember one of the big things for the Wii U version was you could play it on the screen and then you had on the Wii U screen, your second screen experience, you could have like the map on the screen or your inventory and you could like click through things to do it a little bit faster than on, then pausing in the game and going to, you know, cycling through inventory and everything. And you also had, I think there were a couple of um, things like there was like a, grenade throwback button on this touch screen or something like that and there what? wasn't a prompt for it in the game i, Seriously? I, I haven't I, I think so i don't i've never tried it because i avoid combat and deus ex but i'm pretty sure it was like ooh, new feature there's a touch screen grenade throwback thing and i don't i don't even really know what happens i don't know if like the whole touch screen lights up and you just like tap it or something or if there's like a little button i'm not sure maybe i should test it out one of these days but i remember specifically um, whenever uh, uh, Director's Cut came out on the Xbox 360 and the PS3, the PS3's second screen experience was the, the Vita, and the Xbox's second screen experience was supposed to be, I think, I think it was just iPads. I don't know if there was an Android tablet that could do it at the time, but I remember Microsoft has uh, the Smart Glass app, which can be used with certain games, and... I remember playing it and I wasn't necessarily like super excited for the smart glass. Cause I think you basically would just like prop the iPad up on your table or something and it would have the map there or it would have your inventory and you could like click through things on it. And I remember I reviewed this for game critics. I mean, I love, I love Deus Ex. It's like, I think my set Deus Ex Human Revolution is like my second favorite game of all time, I think. And it, the director's cut version is definitely the version to get. Like it is, it, it's better than the original, just to put it uh, simply. And the second screen experience with Xbox's Smart Glass app was completely broken. Would not work at all. Would not connect to the game. And I don't think they ever patched it. I remember turning the game on because it's the kind of game I play maybe like once a year. And every time I tried it. I would like re-download the Smart Glass app and be like, oh, let me, uh, maybe they patched it. Maybe they did. But I think they basically just put the game out, moved on to Mankind Divided, the sequel, and never, ever patched it. So like literally on the back of the box for the Xbox 360 version of Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut, there's a whole blurb that's like, 
smart glass second screen experience and to this day it does not work at all in the game and it's incredibly disappointing but i have used the second glass experience with fallout 4 it had the same thing where you could do like stuff you could have like your pit boy screen was on your ipad and so i did that and that actually worked on the ps4 uh which was kind of neat like having your pit boy up on the ipad and then playing the game but i i mean it wouldn't it didn't like drastically improve my experience of the game but it was still kind of a nifty thing to have well, you know, getting back to Deus Ex or, uh, you know, that that smart glass experience. I mean, to be to be to be fair to the developers, you know, the reason they probably never patched it is because you're the only person that ever tried it. You know, not the game, but <laughs> but the smart glass experience. I mean, I don't know anybody besides you who's ever like done a smart glass thing. So they probably didn't know it was busted. Probably. I mean, I remember writing about it very thoroughly in my Game Critics review, because basically in my Game Critics review, all I did was compare the changes they made from the director's cut to the original version. And I remember speaking a lot about the smart glass thing is promised and it was a big thing and now it doesn't work at all. And then maybe it'll get patched and it totally doesn't work. And yeah, I might very well be the only person that tried to do that, but it's really disappointing that it's literally on the back of the box. And, and maybe it's Microsoft's fault. Like maybe it's not even Idis Montreal's fault or Square Enix's fault. Maybe there's some weird thing that, you know, that didn't get done, you know, from Microsoft's side or from the smart glass. So I don't even know who to blame, but all I know is that it doesn't work and it was incredibly disappointing. Well, that's too bad. I do remember, now that you mentioned that, I do remember you talking about that, um, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I think that having second screens in general doesn't really work because that's not how humans work. Humans can only focus on one thing at a time, and having them jump back and forth between two screens, to me, has never really been um, enjoyable at all. I mean, I think probably the 3DS is probably the only quote-unquote second screen that's ever worked for me and only in very limited circumstances i mean i don't think that i ever really enjoy having your eyes go up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down which i think is probably why i like the warframe app is because it's not really meant to be played at the same time as when you're playing the game it's like you know you're in the bathroom and you just you're bored and you want to check on your drones for two seconds and see if they found anything or like you know you're out and about um just kind of a supplement like if i ever had the choice i would not have it open when I was playing. It doesn't really add anything when you're playing, which I think is probably a smart move. So I, uh, I appreciate that they didn't try for that, but it is a cool supplementary thing, which I really dig. So anyway, interesting stuff. Um, and heads up that that app exists. And I think that brings us to the end of the show. Anything left to check in really quickly before we wrap it up, my friend? Uh, I don't, think so um i didn't mention this but i am reviewing black mirror for game critics so i will be talking about it on the show again and uh you can look for my review i guess later on whenever i finish the game get it finished so that is a game critics game i'm reviewing but other than that um i think i think i'm good gosh you know actually now that you mentioned that maybe we should be more judicious about doing the full disclosure thing because that is actually a thing um, we don't often talk about the games, or I guess the games we talk about, we're not actually often reviewing. So maybe we've that been a little true. lax in that. But <laughs> let's uh, maybe, you know, I'm going to make a note. Maybe we should tighten that up for future. So let's just really quickly, Corey, you talked about Metroid. And are you reviewing that? Yes or no? 
no, I am playing that for pleasure. And did you get that as a code for free or did you buy that or rent it or what are you doing? I rented it from Gamefly. Okay, I talked about Battle Chef. I am not reviewing it and I bought it with my own money. Uh, Black Mirror, you are reviewing and you did get a publisher code for that, correct? Those are all factual statements. Okay, and I talk about Warframe all the time. It is a free-to-play game. I didn't get anything from the developers. I did review it, but that has nothing to do with what I talked about. So, okay, I think we are covered for the disclaimers. Uh, if the FCC is listening, I'm sure they're not, but just in case they are. <laughs> and I will make a note to make sure that we talk about that in the future because I do believe that is important. Transparency is very important, um, and uh, we, I think we've just been kind of lucky lately, but we should, we should not let that slide. So we're going to make an effort on that. And with that, that brings us to the end of this particular show. Uh, remember, folks, stick around after the ending music to hear tonight's banter, if you swing that way. Otherwise, feel free to bail, uh, because this is the end of the game's talk, and we'll catch you next week. In the meantime, please remember that you, dear listeners, can send us your comments, thoughts, feedback, ideas, anything else you would like to. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave comments for us over at GameCritics.com after the show goes up. And we are also on Twitter as a collective show, at SoVideoGames, but you can reach us individually. Corey, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at Corey Motley. It's my first and last name, C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y. Excellent. And I am also on Twitter. I am uh, Brad Galloway, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's in my name, uh, not a single goddamn O. <laughs> and that, that, my good friend, is the end of another So Video Games. Uh, it's been a fun night. It's been a great chat, but it's over. It's been fun, but now it's done. And we will be back next week with another installment. So until then, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Corey. We will see you guys next week. So, oh, man, what a fucking cr- last four days, dude. Uh, I got I like a jillion things to say, but before I take over, like, did you want to get anything off your chest first? Because I don't want to dominate. Um, I mean, I have things to talk about, but I'm like, this is like the longest I've gone. I mean, I know like we talk every week, but usually we like DM a lot and like tweet a lot. And I feel like this is the longest we've gone without saying a whole lot to, to each other. And I know, I know why. I know you've been busy. You've been on like, vacation if you want to call it that but i am so excited to hear about all of your shit um i want you to talk about it right now oh my god okay so (laughs) um yeah okay so we went on vacation i fucking hate going on vacation i hate vacations (laughs) uh just as backup i like i mean there's this phrase that someone said where it was like instead of spending time planning your next vacation make your life somewhere where you want to be or, like, somewhere where that you don't want to escape from. Something like that. And, like, that's really, like, I totally believe that. Like, that is, like, one of my core philosophies. Like, make where you are the place that you want to be. Like, in terms of, like, where you live, in terms of your job, in terms of your relationships, in terms of, like, whatever, right? So, like, I spend a lot of time making my life a place that I want to live. And I, I mean, it's not easy. I don't want to say, like, oh, yeah, just do it. It's fine. It's all, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, it's, like, it's hard sometimes, 
but it's worth it because I love my home. I love my family. I love my daily life. Like I like where I am. I'm happy where I am. I don't want to leave. And to me, a vacation is being taken away from things that I like and I don't like it. I don't like to go on vacation. (laughs) So, um, Gina, uh, her mother, her mother, my mother-in-law, we, I mean, she's a lovely woman. She would give you the shirt off of her back, even if she was wearing nothing underneath it. She would just do anything for you. She's so sweet. Um, but she just, she just loves to travel. She loves, like, she's always wanting to come visit, and she's always wanting to plan trips. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, please don't, like, stop, because I, I hate it. Um, and she was just up our asses about going to visit her. She lives in Palm Springs, which is, like, a whole other story in itself. I'm not going to get into that right now. But um, for this fucked up reason she lives in palm springs which is like you know super far from us it's way too far to drive i would never drive that far um and she's like oh let's go let's go let's do a trip come down visit come down visit and i'm like no 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 <laughs> i've told her no like 10 times in a row i'm just like i don't want to do it i don't want to i won't i don't want to go down there there's nothing to do but hang out at her fucking house and just like no i don't want to but she finally figured me out and she knew that the way to get to me was to go through my son and so she's like hey i'll give you guys an all expenses paid trip to legoland and 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 you know your son would really want to do that right and i'm like oh god okay so just also nobody in this story is rich like i don't want to be sounding all bourgeois and stuff but gina's grandma (laughs) gina's grandma just died like um last year and she left gina's mom some inheritance money so a lot of the money for this vacation came from the inheritance money so it was just like a one-time thing because her grandma died. It's not like, like nobody is rich in this scenario. So don't think that I'm like bragging or anything like that, you know. Um, it just feels weird and gross to say that I got like this all-expenses paid trip. It feels strange to me, but that's just what happened. So I'm like, okay, ordinarily I would say no. But, you know, I mean, I my kid would love to go to Legoland. It's all-expenses paid. I mean, I'd be losing some work time, which is not compensated, but... You know, I mean, not that much if we planned it over the weekend. And yeah, I'm like, okay, fine, 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 fine. We'll go. So that's where I was for the last four days. We flew down, got to Palm Springs. I'd never been to Palm Springs before. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's cool looking. It's like really deserty. Have you ever been to Palm Springs, Corey, or Southern California? I have never been to California at all. I used to live in Northern California, and Northern California looks totally different from Southern California. I have never spent much time at all in Southern California, and Palm Springs is pretty far south. Um, it's, it's like a desert, basically. Um, all the buildings are kind of stucco, and they have like these red tile roofs that are so popular in Spanish architecture. And uh, it just it looks different. It feels very different. It's nothing at all like Seattle. It's nothing like the places where I used to live in California. Um, it's, it's got a feel all to its own, which is, you know, it's kind of neat. Like, it's kind of neat. Like, the, the mountains are very dramatic. Uh, there's less ambient light, so you see the stars a lot more clearly. You see the moon a lot more clearly. It's very, it's very striking. So, I mean, it's a beautiful area. I don't know that I wanted to live there, but it's beautiful. Anyway, um, so we get there. We hang out at her house. It's all fine. I'm just, you know, whatever. Fine. Family time, yada, yada, yada. And then... Um, we just hang out for the first day. Everybody's really tired and dehydrated and just kind of exhausted. I mean, I was working a shitload before we left and I didn't have any time to recharge before we left. So I was really tired. My wife's really tired. And my son was really thrown off his schedule because he's a homeschooler. He kind of basically lives life by his own clock and to have to get up and hurry and go. And he's not hungry now, but we got to eat now because we're not gonna have time to eat later. Like it was really, it was really throwing him off. 
Um, he's a good sport. I mean, he's going along with it, no problem, but it was throwing him off. So the next day, um, he's feeling a little poorly, my son is. And he's like, oh, I don't feel so good. And I'm like, he didn't look good either. Like, he's not the kind of kid that fakes being sick. In fact, it's like the opposite. Like, he uh, could have a broken leg, and he would tell you he was fine. So for him to say that he doesn't feel good, I'm like, oh, he's really must not be feeling well. Uh, but that day, uh, we had an escape room planned. I had never been to an escape room. Uh, my wife had never been. My son had never been. He was really, really, really excited, especially because the grandparents are really talking it up. Have you have you ever been to an escape room? I have not. But you know what they are, though, right? Yeah, you're like, isn't it? You're like in a room and there's like riddles you have to solve to get out of it. And you like time, they like time it and you have a certain amount of time to get out or something like totally. that. Totally. That is exactly what it is. So like we go to this and like my son's like, oh, I don't feel good. And like, maybe we should skip it. Um, but, you know, grandma's like, oh, well, we already paid. And I'm like, well, so what? I mean, I don't care if you paid or not, but if my son's not feeling good. But he really wanted to go. And I didn't want to be the only guy who was, like, telling everybody not to go, right? And I'm like, well, if he feels like he's up to it, that's fine. So we go. And he's just like, oh, Dad, I don't feel good, but I don't want to I don't, I don't want to skip it. Let's keep going. So I'm like, okay, fine. So we go. And this is against my parenting instincts, by the way. My instinct was to stay home. But <laughs> I'm like, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be the one guy not going along with the flow, you know, in this case. I mean, sometimes that's fine, but not in this case. So we get there to the escape room. He's like, oh, Dad, I don't feel good. Can you give me a piggyback? And I'm like, okay, fine. So we, we kind of parked a little, a little ways out from the complex. So I give him a piggyback. We walk inside. Lady's like, okay, your room's all ready to go, ready to go. And he's like, dad. And I'm like, oh, shit. I can totally hear it in his voice. I'm, he's still on my back. And I'm like, oh, no. And, yep, totally puked all over my back when he was on oh my, my back. God. And I was like, I could feel it coming down my back, like the hot spray. And I was like, oh, shit. So I put him down, and, like, he continued to puke in the lobby of the escape room oh business all over. I'm like, oh, man, okay, okay, let's get you outside onto the sidewalk. He went outside the sidewalk, puked all over the sidewalk. And I could feel it on my back, and it was creeping down my back, and it was heading down towards my butt. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so I grabbed Gina's mom, and I'm like, can you please wipe off my back? And she's like, why? Oh. And I'm oh like, God. yeah. So it was all over the place. The owner was pretty cool. I mean, she didn't freak out or anything, but she's like, oh, there's puke all over my floor. And I'm like, it's cool. <laughs> I'll clean it up for you. No big deal. She brought out like, you know, gloves and paper towels and stuff. And I cleaned it up with the puke still on my back and I just like wiped it up and I'm like, I'm super sorry. She's like, oh, no big deal. No big deal. So he just was not feeling good. And, you know, just a little side note. So he had had like a really big um, hot dog earlier that day. And when he puked it up, it was so bizarre when he vomited that hot dog back up it literally smelled exactly like it had come off the grill dude like it smelled oh it smelled super that is disgusting it smelled super fresh and actually somewhat appealing and i'm like this is dis- oh my god brad <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding dude i was prepared for that nauseating puke smell and it did not sm- oh. it's, it smelled like hickory smoke and beef is what it smelled like <laughs> oh my god Anyway, we took him home, got him cleaned up. I took a shower, and, like, he felt much better after he puked. And so he's like, oh, yeah, let's go back, let's go back. So, thankfully, we, we um, rescheduled, and we went back, like, later that night to the escape room. The owner was so cool. She's like, oh, sorry, you weren't feeling good, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we did it. This was my first time ever doing an escape room. And I know that there was, like, kind of, like, 
Um, I don't know. I, I think people expected a lot of me and Gina because we're gamers, right? So we're good at this stuff, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, I think we are good at this kind of thing, but I think a lot really depends on the room. Now, I am no expert. This was my first time ever, but the room we were doing was called, um, I don't know, like Merlin's Magic School or something like that. Like the, This lady ran this place, and she had like four or five different themed rooms going at the same time. Like One was like a zombie room. One was like a Jack the Ripper room. We had the Merlin's Magic School, and I think there was like a Titanic room or something like that. Anyway, so we're go- we're in this room. We get we get inside, and there's just, it's dark and it's done up like a medieval castle room, and there's tables and cabinets and all sorts of like knickknacks and stuff, and they're like, okay, so uh, the point of this room is you want to find Merlin's spell book, and as soon as you find it, we'll let you out and you're good to go and just go crazy. And I'm like, okay. So we get inside, and it's just, I mean, it's interesting because we're searching the room for clues. We find some clues, and then we're all kind of, like, working together about what do we think means what and what's going on. But I have to say, um, we went through the puzzles, and a lot of it was, like, numeric kind of code-breaking puzzles. And some of it was, like, you know, finding out, like, what a word means or double meanings to a word or something. I mean, it wasn't, like, super crazy. It was pretty standard stuff that you would expect from like a video game or something like that. So a lot of it was not bad. Um, but we wasted a lot of time in the beginning because there was one clue that like everybody in the room had just not seen for like the first 20 minutes. And so we were like spinning our wheels and we wasted like a third of our time. Uh, but once we got on track, like we were going and going and that was fine. But what ended up happening was we lost because, um, we just ran out of time and it, turns out we were actually on the very last puzzle so if we had gone a little quicker we would have made it but i mean i gotta be honest though i felt really like mad afterwards um (laughs) i mean it sucks to lose and especially it sucks to lose in front of like other people and it double sucks because they were expecting us to be you know the, the cool gamers the smart gamers and to blow through this room and i think that in general we did really really well but i don't think the room was really set up that great and i don't want to sound like you know, like, oh, the room sucked, and, you know, like, to blame it on anything. I mean, that's totally the same thing as, like, you lose at a game and you blame because your controller wasn't working or something like that, right? Like, I don't want to sound like that, but after it was all said and done, I kind of, like, was reviewing how many puzzles we had to get through in order to get to the end, and it was, like, a lot of puzzles, and I was like, man, if we had not gotten stuck on any of them, there would have been just enough time to do them all. Like, you know, allowing yourself like a couple minutes for each one. But if you ever got stuck, there were so many puzzles in that room. It was like, you really had to go super fast. And so I felt like, I mean, just, I mean, looking back, I didn't think there was enough time to really um, think about things and to really examine things. Like I felt like it was really rushed. Like I would have, I would have liked a couple fewer puzzles and then we could have finished it. And then everybody would have felt good at the end. And it would have been really positive. I mean, still fun, but to end on a down note really kind of fucking sucked and it was just like <laughs> kind of put a damper on the evening you know i mean not great not great so anyway uh we finished that up the next day was like legoland and i had never been to legoland are you at all interested in legoland legos anything uh not really um i haven't built anything with legos in a long 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 time so uh i mean like if i had the opportunity to go to legoland i probably would but it's not something i'm like particularly crazy about yeah i mean not me either but my son is a real um lego dude so he was really up for it and 
Um, just as uh, another preface, I mean, my mother-in-law is the kind of person who like fills your entire day with like activities every minute of every day. Like there's no, yeah, there's no downtime with her. It is like, go, 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 which is not how I live my life. And so we come into con, we come into conflict often, um, to the the chagrin of my wife. Like she does not (laughs) like, I mean, it was rough in the beginning, dude. I'll tell you, like when we first, me and Gina got together and then we started hanging out with her folks. I mean, her folks are great. Like they're very... They're very friendly, personable, but we are we are different ass people. Like we are not the same people. And if we were not related through marriage, I would like never hang out with these people like ever because <laughs> nothing in common, right? So like <clears throat> we would we she would like do a bunch of activities and keep us so busy that I would get really fucking cranky because I'm kind of like antisocial in general and I generally live my life how I want to live it. And so to get together and just to like have your day planned out was really like kind of it was rough. It was really rough. Um, but I've gotten better because when I fight with Gina's mom, that makes Gina stressed out. And then when Gina gets stressed out, then things go south and I want to keep her happy. So it's like, you know, you kind of, you negotiate this path as, as someone in a long-term relationship. I've gotten much better at it. It did much better this time. But so we go to Legoland. The entire day is just like busy, like real busy. Um, and we do the whole circuit. I mean, I didn't know anything about Legoland before I got there. I mean, I assumed it's like a theme park with Legos. Basically, that's what it is. But I got to say, it was a little bit disappointing because I expected more Lego integration. And it was like, it was just like basically just like a generic theme park with just like a Lego skin on top of it. Like there wasn't really a lot of like incorporating the concept of Legos into many of the attractions and they did have a pretty cool part where they had like a lot of miniature Legos, like um, miniature by what I mean by miniatures is like they recreated like 12 blocks of San Francisco out of Legos. And it was like really, really cool. Um, and they did like a bunch of Star Wars miniatures, which were really awesome, like scenes from all the different movies. And they were miniature, but they were also huge. Like they was, there was like a, a scene from Empire Strikes Back that was like, I mean, as big as my living room. And they had like this giant fucking Death Star that was, like, bigger than me, all made out of Lego. So that was, I mean, that was cool. Like, that part was cool. But in general, most of the theme park was just, like, generic theme park with, like, you know, a Lego figure here and a Lego figure there. And it was all themed according to the various Lego products. But it didn't really seem to really incorporate Legos enough. Not for my taste, anyway. So... Um, we did all that, and that was fine. The hotel was also Lego-themed, and that was interesting. Um, but nothing really great. Like, all the employees seemed kind of cranky, and it was just, like, a ton of kids. And, it, you know, I mean, whatever. I mean, it was fine, 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 fine. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was all right. I'm not going to say it was the greatest time. It wasn't the worst time, but it wasn't the greatest time. I mean, I'm glad we went. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't pay for it. I'll say that much. I'm glad I didn't pay for it, because I don't think I, I would have enjoyed it as much if the entire time I was thinking oh my god I can't believe I paid x amount of dollars for this you know like it would have really stressed me out because I don't think it was really that great but for free I can't really complain I mean the food was okay the rides were okay I mean it was okay I don't think I would ever go back though I mean if that says anything you know so um kind of a kind of an ordeal we we flew back and I was planning to take the rest of the day off but I ended up uh having to go to work, like, almost immediately after we got back, which is kind of a bummer. Just got back uh, a few seconds ago. As you know, but as listeners maybe don't know, um, <laughs> we're kind of doing this rush show. We'll talk more about that in the actual episode itself. But one more thing. One more thing. The the, the shitty cherry on the Sunday of this weekend 
was I was a total fucking moron and I ordered a bunch of Christmas presents for my son uh, right before we went on this trip and I didn't even think about it. Like I was like, oh, I should probably order some Christmas stuff because it's like December and I don't want to be the dad that has no presents so I should probably order something. And so I jumped online uh, like last Thursday or something and I ordered some stuff and then as like as, as we're on the plane down there, I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a fucking moron why did they order that stuff because we're not going to be home to get it right like we're going to be in california at legoland and i, I was like oh i'm totally kicking myself i just didn't put those those things together you know like i'm ahead i'm like okay vacation and also order christmas presents but like i didn't think about the timing of that and with amazon delivering a lot of stuff in like two days or whatever that puts it smack dab in the middle of when we were not going to be home so I was really stressing out about it because, you know, we're not rich people and I can't afford to replace all these presents if they get stolen. And we get a lot of packages stolen around my house, especially um, this time of year. I don't know if I ever told you, but last year uh, when I was outside, I noticed a UPS truck pulling up. Uh, not at my house, but like the house across the street. UPS driver drops off a package. Two seconds later, a pickup truck rolls up behind one guy is driving one guy is in the back of the you know of the bed hops out runs up steals the package gets in the truck and draw and drives off and that dude was following the ups truck around the neighborhood so like every time that truck would stop that dude would steal the package and so i called the cops and other people had called the cops too they didn't catch him but i mean that's how bad package theft is around here so i was really freaking out um fortunately when we got back Almost everything was here, but we did actually have one thing stolen, which was a real bummer. Um, unfortunately, my uh, my neighbor was uh, left me a really long note, uh, and she was like, "Oh hey, I saw that you had these packages, and this guy, I had this guy coming over. I, I met him on Craigslist. He was going to pick up some stuff that I had, and he picked it up. But I noticed that on the way out, your package was gone, and I had seen it right before the guy arrived. And she's like, she's like ninety nine percent sure the guy that came from Craigslist stole my package on the way out." So that was a real fucking bummer. But she got his license plate. She got his make and model of his car. She knows his phone number from Craigslist. So I'm going to um, make a police report. I don't think they're going to do anything, but it's pretty fucking dirty to uh, steal someone's package on the way out of the building. And she, I mean, we have a locked building. So it's like she knows if it was there before he came in and it was gone when he came out, it's got to be that guy. Like nobody else would have been in the building. So pretty obvious. Anyway, that was my, my last four days. <laughs> super busy, super busy. I haven't done anything. But like the ba- the da- the downside of all this though is like like my mom my 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 wife's mom, she want like I said, she wants us to visit her all the time. She wants us to go on these trips all the time. But it's like I run my own business. I you know, I don't have any paid vacation. That's not a thing for me. I juggle so many balls all the time. So like I'm coming back from the trip and I I, I worked immediately as soon as I got back from the flight. I've got like 200 fucking emails I need to respond to. Like each one needs a response. I've got like a bunch of stuff to clean up. I haven't done anything at Game Critics for the last four days. So we've had no fresh reviews up on the site. Like, oh man, going on vacation is fucked up. I fucking hate it, dude. I am. <laughs> uh, it stresses me out more than anything, dude. <laughs> that reminds me of uh, like whenever I used to work at Target, whenever I was doing my management time at Target before. And I've probably, I, maybe I've given the same example before, but it just reminds me of. Um, like when I was in management at my Target store, I was leading, I think there were like eight or so people that worked for me. Um, and, you know, like, of course, the idea of going on vacation sounds like lovely and sounds great. But like 
whenever you, um, and I'm, I'm sure it's like this for you too and for a lot of people, but for me especially, uh, you know, at the time, it was like, you know, I would keep building up all these vacation hours and all these vacation hours and all these vacation hours, which I'm not complaining about because, you know, I had a job that let me accrue vacation and, you know, and like a, like paid leave that I could take. But it was like a double-edged sword because in order to go on vacation, I had to work extra hard before vacation to make sure that the building wouldn't go up in flames while I was on vacation. And then the entire time I'm on vacation, I'm stressing out about, the incompetent employees that are under me trying to get the work done that I planned for them. That's totally reasonable work. But for, you know, it's just like in my head for one reason or another, like I'm imagining all these things that are going to go wrong while I'm gone. And then, you know, whenever I get back in town or back from, you know, whatever vacation or trip or whatever time off, like I'm so nervous about going into work because I have to go in and like really hit the ground running and like, catch up on everything that had been going on since I was out of town because like at a job like mine it was hourly so I couldn't like you know call my manager off the clock and be like oh give me updates on how my team is doing because that's I mean that's not a thing you do whenever you work hourly so it's like yeah the idea of going on vacation is really nice but like the fact that you have to work your fucking ass off like extra hard just to go on vacation and then like come back and be so nervous about like smoothing everything out just made I don't know it just takes a lot out of the vacation itself so it's just like stuff like that that stresses me out no totally dude I mean that is exactly it like you know I had to work extra hours before the trip because I knew I was going to be missing some work and I don't get paid for time off and then I knew that like my inbox would be flooding when I came back I knew that I would not be getting back to people as quickly as I needed to and, you know, I mean, if you're running your own business and stuff, you got to be on top of stuff like that. Otherwise, people just stop calling you. And it's like, it's fucking stressful. And then you come back and you got all this work. And it just, it just, it doesn't feel worth it. Like, it does not feel enjoyable for me to leave. I mean, just kind of like what you're saying. You think worrying about things falling, falling apart and the building burning down and shit. I mean, I, <laughs> I seriously would just, I would rather, like, take a couple hours off and have a nice bowl of popcorn and watch a movie with my wife. And just, that's good. Like, that's a good chill out time. And I don't feel bad about that. But going on vacation, I mean, maybe I'm not rich enough to really properly enjoy a vacation because I'm not a rich person and I can't just like drop money every time I have a problem and I just can't, you know, it's just not that easy. Like it is, it's, it's really like, I feel like I'm driving a stagecoach, right? And like the horses are going crazy and going on vacation is like me letting go of the reins and hoping things <laughs> are fine. And when I come back, I'm trying to like get the horses back under control and it's just, it's fucking stressful, dude. I just, I just do not enjoy, do not enjoy <laughs> Well, I, uh, I guess I'm, I don't know. I'm happy for you that you got to take some time off, but I also, I mean, like last week when I talked about going to Nashville for Thanksgiving, I mean, I, uh, had a stressful vacation and it sounds like even though it's nice to get out and go somewhere else, um, it, it can definitely be a stressful endeavor. Yeah, dude, for fucking sure. For fucking sure. Anyway, man, I just <laughs> totally, uh, word vomited all over you and it did also <laughs> smell like hickory, but what have you been doing for the last, oh my uh, God couple it seriously did dude like it smelled fresh off the grill i'm not even kidding i do not want to hear any more about what your son's barf <laughs> yeah, smelled like the, the, oh my God, the hilarious part though was like i thought that to myself and i didn't say anything about it because it was really gross but like later that evening my wife was like you know what when he puked it totally smelled like <laughs> and i'm like i know right he totally smelled like a fresh hot dog she's like i know <laughs> everybody agreed like it smelled really good <laughs> Oh my god, that's so disgusting. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry. Tell me, tell me your last four days. <laughs> what have you been doing? 
Well, I have actually been like busy, which is weird because usually, I mean, like, you know, I always have stuff going on, but I'm never like, like busy, busy. But um, I talk a lot about there's a like a ninja warrior and parkour gym in town. And as far as I know, it's the only uh, parkour gym that's actually in the entire New Orleans area. It's called NOLA Muscle Park. And like sometimes the parkour dudes that I photograph will go there and hang out and work out and sometimes they'll have like like uh, american ninja warrior like or, or i guess it's called the it's not american ninja warrior it's the national ninja league because that is a thing um they have like qualifiers and stuff there and like events and stuff and they also do like birthday parties and stuff like that for kids and they're actually changing locations in new orleans i think they've been in the building they've been in for like two years maybe close to three um they were open long before i got here and over the course of me hanging out uh, at the gym um i've come to know the owners really well um edgardo and hi are the owners and um they and they're really great guys like i really like them and they're usually really cool about like having me in for pictures and stuff like that like edgardo is a guy he's one of those guys who like like really likes having his picture taken and sometimes he's like i don't know like like for example today i was like photographing while they were moving and you could tell like as soon as i put the camera in front of my face he would like make his like whatever he was doing like make it slightly more posy but like not in like a super duper show-off way but like you can definitely tell that he like likes having the camera pointed at him which is good for me because i like to photograph people who like having their pictures taken. Um, but this is all kind of beside the point. Basically, for the past three days, I've been um, uh, offering my time to go hang out at the gym and help them basically dismantle everything because they have to, or they're on um, like a slight time crunch to get out of the warehouse building they're in. And as you might imagine, because it's a parkour gym and like a ninja warrior gym, they have a shitload of obstacles in there. They have like different vaults and they have all these like walls like these like seven foot walls and like a 10 foot wall and like all these like uh most of the stuff and like all these bars and everything for the parkour side and they have like stuff on the ninja warrior side like they have like a salmon ladder and they have like all of these obstacles and stuff and this like giant contraption in the middle of the gym that has a bunch of um like obstacles that are kind of like all like bolted together on one frame so it's kind of like one big unit and they have to take all that apart because they have to get it all out of there. And so because I don't have anything better to do and because I want to take pictures and because I'm a nice friend and, you know, other stuff, um, I thought, you know, I'll just go hang out. I'll help them take the gym apart. And, um, like, Sunday they had kind of, like, the kickoff where there were, like, a bunch of people there on Sunday, probably, like, 20 to 30 people there. And they had, uh, like, a kind of a small TV in the corner and they had, like, a f the football game on. And I think they brought a little a bit of catered food in and they just had people, like, pulling up the foam floor and, like, sweeping and kind of, like, starting to dismantle stuff. And then after that, they haven't really had, like, events for people to help out, but it's just sort of like a, hey, if you're free and want to help out, like, you know, we're basically going to be tearing this thing down for the next week. So... I was out Sunday all night, and Monday I was there from, like, I guess Monday was yesterday. I'm, like, losing track of the days. Um, I was there yesterday from, like, probably, like, 1.30 until about maybe, like, 8 or so. And today I was there from about 1, 1 or 1.30 to probably, like, probably about 8 again, actually. So 
I've been like using a bunch of power tools, which is something I've, I mean, I don't, I haven't really used power tools a lot in my life. Um, and it's mostly, I guess, just like electric drills. So it's not even anything like that fancy. I mean, they have like an electric saw and, uh, and like some other stuff. Um, but I've been like unscrewing like about a million different screws and all of these, <laughs> um, and all of these uh, structures. And it's like kind of cool because like, I, I don't know. It's like one of those weird, like, like, like masculine things that I'm tapping into that I get to feel like kind of cool and manly about kind of like shooting a gun or something like that. Like, it's like, Ooh, this is like, this is like what a masculine thing feels like. So I'm like using the, and I, I feel cool. Cause I got to take my own drill and Patrick bought a drill, um, like a, probably like a year ago, whenever we bought some Ikea furniture to help put it together. And it's actually a, an impact drill, which is like kind of like a slightly heavy duty drill. So I feel kind of cool. Cause they have like four drills at the gym uh, including mine, and there's only two of them that are impact drills, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, like, who's the hot shot now? I've got an impact drill, and so I've been, like, using it at the gym, and there were, like, a couple times where I was standing, I'm afraid of heights, keep this in mind, I was, like, standing at the top of a ladder, like, unscrewing stuff on these beams that are, like, really high up in the air, and they have, like, a little, conf- it's kind of like a conference room, it's like a birthday party room where they, like, serve food and, like, the cake or whatever, and I, like, climbed some obstacles to get on top of that room um and so i'm like standing like probably like a story or two in the air like up on this like top of this conference room thing and i'm like using an electric drill to unbolt the like the stabilizers on this like giant wall thing and i don't know it's kind of scary some of the stuff is scary but it i feel i feel like useful and i feel like like manly and uh, and I've been taking a lot of pictures too like if there's not enough stuff going on I'm taking like kind of taking pictures of the guys and trying to like document it for them and for me because I like to take pictures of things obviously so um I've just basically been doing that a lot like using power tools and cleaning up and tearing up foam floor and taking a lot of pictures and kind of I don't know I guess doing that which maybe in retrospect doesn't sound exciting but it's been keeping me busy so that's nice well if you were doing all this stuff and you felt you know to use your words feeling manly i mean did you start like (laughs) drinking beer out of a can or like doing (laughs) chewing tobacco or you start catcalling women that are walking by i mean did that bleed into your other behaviors or how'd that go uh no i mean i i definitely drink beer a lot but not at the gym it wasn't like a like, a, oh, let's use these drills and open a six-pack. Like, it wasn't that kind of situation. Um, I was not catcalling anybody. Uh, Chewing tobacco? No, no tobacco. I wouldn't, ew, I would never chew tobacco. Every, I, I've said this on the show before, but every once in a blue moon, I smoke a cigarette. Like, maybe, like, once every three months. Um, but no cigarettes, no chewing tobacco, no catcalling. Just, like, power tools, um, a little bit of sledgehammer usage, uh, hammer and crowbar usage, climbing on things and taking a lot of pictures. So I don't know, I guess, uh, I don't know. Like I, I, I go there and I kind of feel out of my element cause these aren't the kinds of things I usually do as far as like the, you know, like dismantling big structures and like hammering and drills and stuff. But, uh, I don't know. I kind of leave everyday feeling, um, feeling helpful and feeling like I contributed something and, I don't know. I hope that they enjoy having me around and that I'm not just like that annoying guy who hangs out. Um, so 
I don't know. I think everything's good. Well, if you unscrewed 10,000 screws, I mean, I think you probably are the helpful guy. <laughs> They're probably like, God, I can't believe this guy's doing all this shit for free. God, what a sucker. They probably got yeah, like and I get to... hours, of, hours of hard labor out of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, but they're just lucky that I don't have a life so I can do this. But I also get to make funny jokes because, like, the owners, uh, High and Edgardo, they're obviously, like, very buff dudes. Like, High is, like, this 30-year-old Vietnamese guy, and he's, like, he is so dreamy. Like, he, oh, my God, he is so attractive. Like, he's got, <laughs> like, his facial structure is so nice, and he's got, like, the most freaking ripped body, and his, like, eyebrows are perfect, and Edgardo is like 37, but looks like, looks like, I don't know, maybe like not a day over like 30 or 31. He's like, he's like thinner. He's not as bulky as Edgardo or as high. And high's not even that bulky. He's just got small muscle mass. But Edgardo's like, he's like slim, but still has like a pretty rocking body. And, uh, and so I get to make jokes to them like, like, oh, well, why don't you guys let me do this? Cause obviously I'm, you know, the most buff person here. Like you guys need my muscles to do this when obviously I'm like not buff at all, <laughs> but at least I get to like try to make some jokes like that every once in a while. Well, it sounds like a very, uh, I don't know, productive weekend, I guess. I mean, you know, and also it does feel good to like do something like that. I mean, I, I, uh, I do not often partake in the dismantling or construction of <laughs> much of anything. I mean, I think a shelf at Ikea is probably as far as I go. I mean, I, you know, I, I know how to do things, but I just don't have room and I don't really have the motivation and I just don't fucking enjoy it, to be honest. But it does once in a while feel good to do something like that. So I get what you're saying. Like, you, you feel useful, you got the tools, putting something together, feeling like you, you, you made a difference in something. I mean, that's a good feeling. It is, and it's also a good feeling being like, I just thought of this being like the, the friend who doesn't who because obviously I don't like work for Nola Muscle Park and I don't like have any say in like the ownership or anything they're doing. So it's nice to be the person who doesn't have to make decisions because something that I find very funny and this is especially true in this situation is like if you're in a situation that has like some like like alpha male kind of dudes and I say that but I, I want to make it clear that High and Edgardo are not like they're not like gym bros. Like they're not like that at all. They're just like really nice guys who just, I mean, they own a gym, so they work out like every day of their lives, but they're not like the douchebag, like gym bros. Um, but it's nice like to not have to make the decisions because it's funny when you're in a situation like that and there's kind of like alpha male dudes around and they're constantly like bickering about like, well, what should we take apart next? How should we take this apart? And like Edgardo is kind of like the, like he runs on instinct and he's very like, quick but doesn't really think things through and so hi i'll be like oh well there's this like like shed thing that we have our tools in but we need to dismantle that whole thing it's not worth trying to take apart because there's like a hundred screws in it so uh, why don't you just tear it down Edgardo? like take the sledgehammer to it and then Edgardo will then spend 20 minutes trying to take it apart with screws and then decide oh, never mind, it's not worth it. I'll just take the sledgehammer and start trying to break it down. And it's like those things where, like, it's that constant, like, male pride thing where it's like if Edgardo had just listened to High in the first place and just, like, been like, yeah, you're right, we should just tear it down, then, like, he wouldn't have wasted 20 minutes trying to, like, intricately, like, unscrew everything. And it's like a constant situation of that where, like, 
High like thinks things through and he's like, all right, so why don't we just do this and this? And then Engardo like charges in and like thinks that he has the plan and then acts on it without really thinking it through. And then he realizes that High was the right one after all. And I don't know, I just that whole situation just really cracks me up. It's very amusing to watch. Are those guys partners or are they straight? Uh, they are straight. Uh, High is married to a woman and uh, Edgardo is single. Um, but they, they often bicker at the gym like a married couple, which uh, which makes me laugh. I mean, I, I think it would be great if they were married, um, but <laughs> they're not. They're both straight gentlemen, as far as I know. So, um, yes, they live their separate lives outside of the gym. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, that sounds like a fun weekend. Anything, uh, anything else on the docket before we get rolling? Oh, man. Um, gosh, not that I can... Oh, yeah, I do have something small. I didn't even think about this. Oh, my God. I have so much stuff. Like, I'm really flustered for the show. I have, like, so much stuff going on that... And I've been thinking about the gym so much. But um, um, just a quick note. Uh, pretty much, like, out of nowhere this uh, week, I discovered through one of the guy, one of the parkour dudes that I photographed, Peyton, um, there's, like, a parkour jam, like, competition thing going on outside of Atlanta, Georgia this weekend. And... Uh, Peyton was like really interested in going, but he, um, he like called me the other night and he was like, he was like telling me about it. And I knew that he was going to ask me if, if I wanted to go, but I, what I wasn't expecting was for him to ask me to drive because his car is like kind of shitty and mine is like less shitty. So in the span of like two days, we concocted this plan to go to Atlanta this weekend. So, and it's one of those plans that's like, happening so quickly it's like basically there's like developments every hour about what's going on but like as of right now we're driving uh me and peyton and two other guys in the parkour group ian and brandon are driving to atlanta or i'm driving us to atlanta this weekend to do a parkour competition but i'm just going to be taking pictures which will be like heaven for me because i'll be like really in my element like photographing parkour dudes because that's like my favorite thing to do in the world and there will be like so many like good athletes there and i'm so excited about it but i'm worried that the trip there and the trip back is going to be like like so terrible because i mean like i just went to nashville like last weekend and or like two weekends ago and then this weekend because the drive to atlanta is about seven to eight hours so i'm going to be driving seven eight hours there and seven eight hours back with three dudes in my car two of whom kind of sort of don't get along super well but they're really like passive aggressive to each other so i'm worried that that's going to like turn into a thing whenever we're on the road and um so i'm like worried about the drive there and back but i'm really excited to go and whenever i get back i'm sure i'll have some cool stories about like going to atlanta and like photographing all these parkour dudes and coming back and um yeah i'm really i'm really <coughs> looking forward to that i just hope that the physical car ride there and back isn't a total disaster oh man that I'm sure you will have some stories on the way back. Uh, you know how I feel about car rides, so that is a trip <laughs> I would never take in my life. But uh, let us know how that goes, man. I mean, if uh, it sounds like it sounds like drama's a brewing, sounds like there's lots of potential for uh, for things to happen. Yeah, there definitely is, and like like I figured out yesterday that um, originally we thought it was just going to be the four of us, but apparently there's two other guys from the New Orleans parkour group going, but they're driving separately. And, like, one of the guys might be bringing his girlfriend, and it's one of those situations where, like, um, I I mean, according to someone in the group, I'm not going to name names here, um, like, 
the reason why this guy doesn't do more parkour stuff with the parkour guys is because like his girlfriend like w- like he he kind of like puts them off for his girlfriend which like you know okay whatever like you want to hang out with your girlfriend like i get it that's fine but it's that situation where it's like like a bros before hose kind of thing where it's like he doesn't hang out with the parkour guys a lot because he's so busy like spending all his time with his girlfriend and it's one of those relationships where like they're they're always like posting on social media about like how much they love each other and oh my god and it's just like uh, it's just stuff like that annoys me so fucking much so it's like one of those relationships and so like this development happened yesterday and i'm worried that that's going to be like another added layer of drama to the trip where it's going to be like him and his girlfriend are gonna like she's gonna be like weird or she's gonna be like bitchy or something and i hope that everything just goes smoothly and that everyone gets along and that everything is good but i just oh my god i know that something dumb is bound to happen and i hope that i can either avoid it or that i can help smooth it out or something but i will definitely keep you posted whenever i get back all right i look forward to i look forward to a a several drama filled anecdotes (laughs) potential injuries Lots of uh, lots of weird stuff happening. Looking forward to that. All right, dude. I got nothing else. You good? I am good. We have spent a lot of time talking, so let's talk about some games now. Let's talk about some games. 